welcome to this week's episode of the Imagine Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we disagree on whether it's good or not. Uh, my name's David and I really don't care for the way this podcast left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't oh, fucking you there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down the fucking podcast way and across the fucking pod way <laughs> to get back here to have you smile in my fucking face, Ross. I want a fucking car right fucking now. <laughs> Such a fucking funny bit. Uh, my name's Sam and six box and my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. <laughs> Left nut. Oh, ruined. it's not what it Absolutely says here ruined, on fucking yeah. IMDb. Thanks for the joke kill, though, Ross. The here we go. Trove of here we go. Let's let's prepare ourselves. No, 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 no. Let's let's be clear. When you kill a joke, you have to actually nail the joke for it to right, be killed. Okay, okay. That, so, thing, that thing was born <laughs> dead. Prepare yourself, listener, for the. <laughs> prepare yourself, listener, for the funniest joke you have ever heard in your life coming straight up right now from Ross. Oh, the tension. Uh, oh, there it is. There it comedic is. Comedic genius. Crashed. Crashed. <laughs> Burned into flames. Fuck you. Welcome to this combative episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast where we watch a movie and talk about it. We watched Planes, Trains and Automobiles and uh, this is a very funny movie that I had never seen before. And I think Dave, this is your recommender, I believe. It certainly was. Uh, this is... An 80s movie? Check. Check. Uh, it's a John Hughes movie. Oh, double check. Three checks. Uh, it's got my, probably my favourite single actor, John Candy. Check. Wonderful. Uh, it's got Steve Martin. Check. Yeah. Uh, it's set in fucking bumfuck America with Inner Storm. Check, check and check. Brilliant. I think you've what, also... What's, what's this list? Well, what's this list? The list is Ross. The list is, I think you've also listed me. things... That Ross did not like about this movie because some reason Ross because you have no sense of humour as we've already listen, just discovered listen, actually listen you didn't listen, like this film listen explain yourself you if you, you no I, first of all I don't I don't have to explain myself to you least no to the listener you were you were explanation explanation we don't have I'll, much I'll, of a podcast Ross if you're I'll, not going to yeah, discuss I'll, and tell us the reasons why you didn't <laughs> like refuse, this movie uh, I'll please well, well, well that's the podcast over because Ross refuses to engage in discussion on this because he disagrees with us good night everybody so we'll see you next week we'll be watching I don't know whatever fucking shite Marvel's come out with oh it's Spider-Man 15 the return of the iron fucking Ant-Man <laughs> okay this is a good start to this episode this feels let, like let me just good energy me uh, just the honourable uh, Ross Griffith MP for shitty opinions that no one else agrees with uh, you have the floor I, and I put it to you Sam Jordan Mr Speaker no. um yeah, Mr. Speaker. So let, 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 let me let me start off by saying, listen, it's it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just not one that appeal. I'd never watch it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. No. Had and you seen this before, to, Ross? No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't. Now, and by today's standards, I'm just saying it's not a great movie. Now, that's not to say the movie itself wasn't great. I'm sure for the time, the 80s, yeah, it was, you know. Yeah, I mean, where the fuck was Iron Man? It's not a good movie. If it hasn't got Iron Man in it, it's not a good movie. Hang on. How do you spell Dave? Is it R-O-S-S? I don't fucking think so. Shut up. Is everyone okay? Everyone all right? We're all okay. Lost me train of thought now. Yeah, so like I said, it would have been, I'm sure it was a great movie back in the 80s, but... 
for me, it's just not doing it. Now, I love Steve Martin. I love John Candy, whose name I forgot there before the show started. Um, and He's a real paper, fan. John yeah, I'm a big, big, big fan. And on paper, this you know should have been a great movie, but I just... Yeah, I think it's it's by the numbers, but that's not to say it's it's phoning it in because you know it's probably one of the movies that set the numbers. I mean, that speech that John Candy gives in the first twenty minutes, where he's you know he says, "I like me," you know, uh, you know, I I first was exposed to that speech through Family Guy, you know. So obviously, you know, this thing struck chords with people. It's just I found the movie. I was a bit I was bored at times, to be honest. Um, now that's not to say they weren't entertaining bits, you know. You know, I'm sure we're going to get into you know which bits were funny, but through it all, I just I was looking forward to this movie's end, and it was only 90 minutes as well, like 92 minutes, and that's that's a that's a first for me where I'm actually like, God, how much long's left on this? Mm-hmm. So, um, well, uh, what do you reckon be, then, Sam? Have I explained it to right you? Out of the gate, Ross, because your opinion is valid. <laughs> just <laughs> thank you for slight... validating me. A slight challenge to that would be that it's fine to not like a movie for like whatever reason, and it's fine, especially with comedy. I think that even in a like quite close knit group like ours, where we all have vaguely like we all like the same things as a mm-hmm. rule, like mm-hmm. there are outliers where I might love such and such a movie, but you guys like High Rise, for instance, is a good example of a movie I love that you guys hated, and there's been tons more. Um, where you know one of us really really loved it and the others couldn't stand it, and in comedy especially is one of those things where like it it's is quite polarizing, divisive. isn't it? Yeah, uh, it, polarizing exactly. I would say Ross that I don't think the fact that this movie's from 1987, I don't think this would be a bad movie now. I don't think they would make this movie now for a, yeah. a myriad of reasons. But like, mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, uh, sorry, I, I'm lying because they are fucking remaking this. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, that'll do it. <laughs> sorry, Will Smith we'll, and we'll Kevin circle. Hart in 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 yep. lead roles. Oh yep. my goodness yep. me! Yep. There is yep. no, yep. Yep. there's nothing, nothing sacred. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe. Everything is possible. And there has not been an original thought for fucking everything's for years. sale. Let's. Uh, everything's for sale. L- let me. Let but, me. Let me go on. Go on. Go on finish point. Like I was saying, I was just saying, Ross, I, I think that, like, I don't think that this movie isn't funny now or, you know, is only funny in the context of when it was yeah. made because, obviously, I wasn't watching it in the cinema in 1987. Uh, but, like, you know, I can kind of understand where you're coming from with the rest of what you said. Like, you know, some of it's a bit over... Some of the comedy here is a bit overdone and if that's not the sort of, like, that pratfall-y sort of, like, almost vaudevillian, like, silly disastrous sort of comedy is doesn't get you then of course you wouldn't enjoy this because that's yeah. the entire movie so in this film a chicago advertising man must struggle to travel home from new york for thanksgiving with a lovable oath of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion now straight away immediately i think him being a shower curtain ring salesman is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life it 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 it's so wonderfully pathetic, and John Candy is sells it so well that I just I love this. So that's a good start point for me. Um, but this is this is a John Hughes movie, and I think probably we are all you know as being kids of the nineties quite big John Hughes fans. Um, obviously, I would say probably the, big, the biggest one is maybe Home Alone. That's that sits there right on our on our cultural our cultural doorstep. Home sweet Home it? Alone. No, no. Let's not talk about that film. Let's. But we've also got we've got Ever Ferris again. Bueller's 
No. 16 Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Uncle Buck. I'm trying to think any others. Uncle Buck. Uh, Senate Elmo's Fire, but that's dog shit. Um, yeah, like, yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot in here that is just like fantastic movie making, and such warmth, such heart, and I think that's what this film really sets for me. Is like this is just such a, this is a, a, a heartwarming movie, and it's able to do that while also being hilariously funny, and actually has a point as well towards the end and that's the thing that i was like where are we going with this what's going to happen and it ends up that you know spoilers for 1997 movie but uh john candy's character's wife died and he's just kind of like aimlessly in 1979 yeah <laughs> years ago and he's just and he's obviously saddled with mental health problems and is in his aimlessly uh you know dragging his suitcase around america so there's like there's there's a point to it as well which is which is an amazing, and that's what John Hughes is so good at, isn't he? Of like bringing together the humour, making the technical filmmaking quite interesting as well. There's a few things in this where you're like, "Oh, that was a cool shot," and also just making it dead funny. And that's uh, I, I think a very you can see the success that this film had because of that. It's really John Hughesy, uh, Ross. I, you 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 will have your platform to speak. And disagree with Sam. Uh, I, I was, was going to troll um, Sam there, so now go ahead. But just like from a from a you know like a John Hughes movie kind of thing, like this has got all the hallmarks of a John Hughes movie. It's Christmas. It's always fucking Christmas in the John Hughes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving. I think it's it Christmas. Is, yeah, close enough. It's set in fucking same difference. Um, it's set in Chicago. It's snowing. It's miserable. Like, you know, it's a travel movie, it's a road movie, which is nice. Um, but like the hallmarks of John Hughes are all there, except maybe the score. I think the score of this is dog shit. It's kind of the weakest part of the movie. It's very eighties, um, isn't it? Like I don't know. Plinky plonky just, keyboards. It and... sounds. It sounds like test tracks. Like they just put in like put in something <laughs> yeah. while they were filming it, so they could show it to an executive, and then they were like, "Oh well, we'll just not change any of that," and so mm. it's all just stock music. Mm-hmm. It's a real weakness of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's um let's go to the start of this movie and there's the, in terms of sound though, I think the sound design in this movie is top notch and the start of it is, is this this opening scene where they're in this in this meeting and and I mean nothing said for a minute or so two minutes whatever it is we just get lots of um, it's like it's just it's just people breathing and making mouth noises and they're like waiting for this guy to make an approval on on whatever the advertising thing that they're and so the tone is really movie, quiet opening it's a really really, it's really quiet, quiet. Opening. And, it, and if and if i had headphones on it was even better with that sense because you were kind of like it's quite it's quite disturbing listening to all these people kind of go and all these like funny um, sound noises that you get throughout from, from you know the mouth noises you get and i i really liked the start of this film it really intrigued me as to what's the tone of this where are we going because i didn't really know much about it beyond um you know the, the the actors so it was kind of a good introduction i thought and then you speak about other things that you like about this film <laughs> i'll go then then well, then then we Ross, go crickets chirping cricket then we go to a inexplicable cameo from Kevin Bacon um, as they as they leave. And this is the central point of the film is that Martin, um, Steve Martin's character wants to get home for Thanksgiving. He's got a wife 
A very distrustful wife who looks like she's very suspicious the entire time. There's reasons for that we can get to later on. Um, and it's kind of his like tra- travails of trying to get home. And we start off with Kevin Bacon steal- stealing a cab. Why is Kevin Bacon in this movie? I was like, is he is he like a nothing actor yet? Nope. Footloose came out in 1984. This guy is yes. Thank you. What? <laughs> what was this? Just stunt casting. I have just this the, theory. Just the that funniest stunt Kevin casting. Bacon has a time machine, um, <laughs> but all he uses it for is to go back in time. And appear in really tiny role, tiny roles, basically to make Thirteen Degrees of Kevin Bacon funnier for two thousand and eight yeah. when we decided that was a thing. Yeah. Um, because yeah. like, why is this Kevin Bacon? Why, why is this Kevin Bacon? Honestly, yeah, it's um, it, uh... it, it could have been anyone, literally, and <laughs> it wouldn't it, have made a difference. <laughs> it could like... have been Steve Martin in a wig, and it wouldn't have made the scene any different. This is, guy is, is someone. You could have made it more of it as well. Like, you know, Sam, you mentioned in, in, on WhatsApp that you know, oh, he could have been the guy that took the cab from them or something like that. There, but yeah, look, but like it's just that scene and bye bye, Kevin Bacon. Thanks for showing up. Here's your check. I, I think I think crafts and services are over there. Yeah, <laughs> See you I, later. I think it's in reference to another film. Um, I was reading. I, I'm just trying to find it now. I think yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, Steve Martin braces Kevin Bacon which is a direct reference to the scene in the movie Quicksilver from 1986 in which the character played by Bacon is racing someone on a bicycle. So I presume that's... I mean, it's fucking a bit overwrought, to be honest. You're like, okay, he's gone. And as you say, Ross, I was thinking, ah, he's going to come in and he's going to get the last... He's going to get the last... Seat um, or something, yeah. ...ticket in, in, in first class. He's going to get the last hotel room in Arsehole Nowhere, the, the, you know, the last room in town. And and but no no they obviously didn't have Ken and Bacon for that much longer so they just used him for this. It's fine. It's it, it made me remark upon it. I suppose that's the point. You know, it's all all good fun. Yeah, and then we get to meet John Candy a lot earlier than I thought as well. I've seen this movie before, uh, which I'm sure I said off the top. Um, but it's by no means like a family favorite or anything. I just watched it a few years ago and I was like, oh, this is really funny. You get to see John Candy's stupid face in the side of this cab with his moustache, which I think is just... <laughs> and his hair. It's his perfect. curly his hair pencil, pencil yeah. moustache. And there's just something about John Candy where he is playing it really, really stupid this entire movie. Mm. And it's wonderful to see. Like, he's just so ignorant. The pencil um, moustache did surprise me. Like it, For me, it was like, this, this guy's looking very sex offendery. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the curly hair, the tracksuit jacket. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, the way like the way he plays this, I was not expecting at all. Um, like Dave, you mentioned before we started the episode that like you know when it was, what's the word sample test or whatever the term is, uh, basically they thought you know that John Candy was like more more of a con man, and I would have argued that would have been more interesting rather than just. I mean, he he plays it well, but it's it's just this lovable oaf, and it's just. You know, there's 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 no reason why this guy, you know, should should face any hardships at all. You know, are you saying that that light trunk should be full of severed heads or something, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, or or his wife's body? You know, just something. Well, I think Some... it's like that comes down to it being a John Hughes movie, Ross, and like he just doesn't make. Do you know what I mean? All of it, all of his filmography, he does not make like movies about. You know bad people like all of the characters in all of his mm. movies are you know they might be like misinformed or misdirected or misunderstood but they're all like at their heart there's a real kind of like 
you know, warm feeling that runs throughout his movies where yeah, people are ultimately decent and everything will work its way out. And it's, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's certainly a theme that runs through his movies. I, I think I think it reflects him as well. Steve Martin talked about him after he died and said that, you know, he was a very sweet guy and complicated and all friendly, always outgoing, you know, funny and nice and polite. But I could tell that he kind of had a little broken heart inside of him. And I think, you know, that's the thing with John Candy is that he is he, he is in these film in these roles. And I think maybe if he'd lived a bit longer I mean I was talking about John Hughes, but okay. Oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wrong John. Well but I, mean, I, I think it pro- I think it probably applies that's to That's gonna sound really bad on the on, on listening back, isn't it? Well yeah. the thing about John Candy, like you said, Dave. Um... <laughs> I thought you said John Hughes. Uh, John Candy, sorry. Well, it probably applies to John Hughes as well. Both people. John Hughes uh, also dead. Also dead. Both people who we didn't. Here we go. Watch this transition perfectly. I'll edit this later. Um, the the both people both both of them you know died too too young. And I think in in John Hughes you kind of get the same stuff. And this film was a little bit different because he was perceived as being this like teen director and then comes out with this more adult comedy. And I think it, once you once that had kind of gone through and if he'd lived a bit long we might have got the evolution of what's next what else are we going to do and i think probably the same for john candy as well like john candy as a as a, as a serial killer like yes please i would that would be an awesome <laughs> role for him to do because it would yeah. be so um against type and we never got that you know the last film um we get a very similar character in cool runnings that he did in this mm-hmm. you know kind of like again a little bit heartbroken, a little bit sad, but all round like a happy, ju- kind, generous guy. And so all yeah. like not these- to poke more holes in your in your speech, Sam. But uh, John Hughes didn't die till two thousand and nine. <laughs> Just again, yeah, but still, he wasn't he wasn't making uh, like he wasn't making movies. He wasn't directing yeah, movies in yeah. the same way. Was and he? if you're not making movies, you're dead. Exactly, that's, that's the rule. What's what's the output? I don't think he directed a movie after the nineties, though. As far as I as far as I remember i don't think he's i don't think he's really been part of that like scene and, and I'm, I'm not sure why but but the so but either way you get a lot of i think um a lot of heart comes from john hughes but also john candy who just can do no wrong like he's he's so good in this yeah. he's so good what happens john next? candy john john both johns it's very confusing both johns Uh, my point was about john hughes but you know john candy is kind of like this um and you know you can see the writing on the wall if you watch his films because of like the massive weight gain from um that terrible uh bill murray movie stripes is is, i think it's one of the first where he's only a bit fat and then like by the time by the time you get to cool runnings he is like and if you read about it as well like john candy smoked heavily constantly just like he does in this movie and he ate had and drank he had and did loads of cocaine all the time yeah and was severely overweight so of course his heart exploded in his that'll organs. do it yeah he had loads uh, of gym equipment uh shipped to the set and apparently never used it according to steve martin you know so unlike yeah. but he is one of the most like one of the most likable people in film i think that like and part of that's your childhood as well, like watching, growing up watching John Candy films. Uh, we used to watch Uncle Buck basically endlessly. Yes, um, yes. Like when he threatens to, when he gets the axe out of the back of the car, like that was like, oh yeah, it's John Candy. He's gonna, he's gonna cut this guy's balls off. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Um, but he's just such a likable, fun, charismatic individual. And also, like, 
I mean, name another larger actor, especially from that period, who you can even, you know, name as like a star. And, you know, it makes that something special about him that he doesn't fit the Hollywood mold of like being Mm -hmm. a, you know, a five foot ten white guy in good shape. He's like John Goodman, isn't he? That's for the other guy you would, you know, the 90s. Yeah. That guy's, let's be honest. That's I can that, see John Candy playing Fred Flintstone, yeah. Well, and we, go to, we get to see <laughs> well, a bit he knows of Flintstone. Yeah, Flintstone. <laughs> we, know, we know he knows the song. <laughs> but let, let's talk about Steve Martin a minute, because this is, and I, and I think I think why this film works mm. so well is the counter um, between this this eternal optimist in, in John Candy, in Dell, and his, like, you know, he's, 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 he's happy about life, he's you know he's willing to 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 go the extra mile for the people and do he's he's just a, he's a good guy and then we get Steve Martin who works in advertising number one that's 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 the first indication this movie gives that he's this guy's Storm an asshole bag advertising i mean you may as well like sell cigarettes you know that's the smoke didn't say it so i said i would it's and so when when you put these two together, who he, he is cynical? He's but the thing is with Steve Martin in this is that he's trying at the start. He's kind of like, you know, he's trying to be a good guy, isn't he? He's trying to humour John Candy a little bit. And what I love is him, his descent. He's, he's trying to politely tell him to fuck off. That, that's exactly right. Like, though I'm that's not ex- sure he's trying to be a nice guy. We've Sam. all been there. No, but, he, but he's I trying think to be he's polite. Just like. No, no, he, he's trying to not make a scene. I think that, like, yes. I, you are, you're right. But I don't think, I don't think for me, Steve Martin in this film, until the end, like, until they're singing in the car after it's been set on fire, Steve Martin is not likable. That's exactly what I'm like, saying. No, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, but his, his descent into unlikability, his descent into, you know, give me a fucking, I want a fucking car fucking now. Yeah. That is, that is... <laughs> the line of, the line of... Do you have do you, do you do you have your rental agreement? No, you're fucked. Yeah, oh, yeah. Th- that descent into in, into that that is the film, isn't it? It's watching Steve Martin just lose his shit after cancelled planes, after buses, after you know sitting in the back of the <laughs> of the truck with the dog. Like there's all of these things that go wrong. Sharing a room with 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 John Candy, and uh, and then and then the breaking point later on where he's basically just like tears down just absolutely eviscerates <laughs> John Candy as a person and you know i hate you and everything about you type thing do you mean that scene 18 minutes into this movie yeah see this is the, <laughs> this is the thing he eviscerates John Candy he's known him 3 hours i'm like ah oh, everything about you these are all your flaws like he's <laughs> he, he's paid for your room you know, give yeah. the guy a break. Um, so I actually side with Dave on this one, Sam. I disagree with you. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing likable about this character. And all a lot of the way through, I'm thinking, am I supposed to be rooting for the Steve Martin character? Because yes, he's you know, yes, he's a cynic. But you know, you can be a cynic and be a good person. But he, there's nothing likable about this character whatsoever. And like, although it's a funny scene, that scene where you know he goes through that you know that car rental person for a shortcut and like get me a f- no wipe that dumb fucking smile off your fucking face and get me a fucking car like entertaining to watch but what what clicked for me at that point is like this guy's a karen 
He's a fucking character, you know, like he's had a high fluting job in, in Chicago. He works in advertising. He got the six o'clock flight, which everyone was telling him, don't get the six o'clock flight. But he knew better and he got fucked for it. Then he goes through everything you mentioned, Sam, the whole rigmarole. But then he takes it out in this person. And we've all been frustrated. We've all lashed out. But, you know, but he expects this person to just take it. And you just like, there's, this is where it solidified for me. It was like, these characters are nothing for me. And it it goes back, to, like when you asked me at the start of the episode, Sam, why didn't I like it? And I, like on retrospect and or introspect even, and you know, listen to you guys talk about it. It's not that I didn't like the movie. I didn't like what the movie made me felt feel even, which is nothing. And I just I had nothing coming away from this. There was nothing like Dave. You mentioned there at the end, where Steve Martin, you know, he be he becomes likable and he invites Buck around. For me, there was no there was nothing that. What's the word? There was nothing that justified that. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no redeeming sort of arc. Oh yeah, they had a couple of laughs. Oh now they're best of mates. Now he'll invite him round. There was nothing for it. Like I said to you guys on WhatsApp, both the beginning and the ending felt incredibly rushed, and the middle felt so long. And I just think that all this payoff isn't justified. Like especially that thing with John Candy and his wife. I, you know, you could see it coming a mile away, but they could have put more work in to make this guy more. Not likable because he's plenty likable, but more of a you know of a disaster story. You 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 want to feel more in the heart for this guy, but it it feels like bare minimum. And then it's like, oh well, isn't he a wonderful guy? And move on. Everyone's happy now. Steve Martin's character is somehow redeemed, and that's it. Good night, folks. Take care. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that you need all of that. Like, not to, you know, I I agree, Ross. That there's not much of a redemption, and it does kind of just happen at the end. But ultimately. For me, this movie wasn't really about like your typical hero's journey. I don't really need to like these characters because I'm having fun. And obviously you weren't having fun and therefore that's like a core <laughs> thing missing for you. So like again, I'm not trying to say that you're sure, wrong sure, for not sure. enjoying this because like that's why I enjoy it, because I'm having fun watching these guys and you've got this odd couple thing, the bit where they're sharing a bed really, really gets me every single time. The noises uh, from I've John shared a bed Candy. with both of you cunts. <laughs> and you know when you roll over at night and someone sounds like they're birthing a hippo when they're asleep and they've taken up three quarters of the bed and their name is Ross um, and they've got all the covers and you look over and you're like... And you just really want to like hurt them and you're like, you really have to, really have to like wrestle your primate brain into back into its box and say, don't throttle your friend in the morning. It won't seem as bad right now. You haven't had any sleep and you've been lying here for six hours and you want to murder him. But I'm really glad I wasn't, I'm really glad I didn't take any of that wrath then considering we've, we've shared a bed several times Dave. So I, I don't know, but I'm I, I feel pretty good about that. I just want to state. The, uh... I just want to state. I have never seen a bigger fucking pot call a kettle black. I just, <laughs> I just, I just Wait, is that a fat joke, Ross? Are you calling me fat? <laughs> Are we doing this right here on the podcast? Two hippos. <laughs> Let's go. Two hippos. Fucking hell. Uh, sorry, sorry, go well, on. well, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with Dave and say I think, yeah, I'm having too much fun to really want all that. But I do, Ross, actually know exactly what you mean because I think, I think the editing in this is a bit choppy, and that's because mm-hmm. the, if you, if you, again, it's a bit more trivia. There is somewhere in the Paramount, or I think it's Paramount Locker archives a three and a half three hour 45 minute cut of this movie which is <laughs> which is what john hughes originally did he <laughs> ross's he, soul just oh left his body that's what we yeah, saw happen he's there. just had an aneurysm <laughs> oh um, 
he, John John Hughes basically shot significantly significantly more footage. I think like double the amount that you would usually expect to do for this for a film like this, and um, and so when he first brought it together, there was this massive cut that had just so much more in it. Now it also had, and we alluded to it earlier. We had this this thing with the uh, Steve Martin's wife, who. Uh, mm. is <clears throat> kind of a bit cold. There's, there's, there's a few scenes in this where you're like, what is her problem? The guy is stuck. <laughs> the guy is stuck in a storm. What like, do you want him to do? <laughs> I mean, he's doing the best he can. You know, it's never said, but there's there's some there's there's there is something here, well, and that's because in the finished movie, Sam. Just to interrupt you for a minute, in the finished movie, every shot of her, she looks like sexy and aloof, and there's light behind her in every single shot. Every she's single. In. Now the, like, the reason what are we doing with his wife is she a model like the reason what's happening for this here? is because there was a, there was a, a subplot of her being suspicious that Steve Martin was having an affair. Now that's I I kind of got, I kind of I mean it shows some good acting to be fair because I kind of got that vibe without knowing that same yeah same. But do you know you know what did it for me, Sam? Because what what made me think oh this is going to come up this sub this type of subplot was when they check into the hotel you know on the first night and the the guy accidentally uses a different card and he gives back steve martin and john candy's cards to each other by accident and i was like oh the you know once they get separated john candy's going to run up some charges the wife's going to see the bill you know the credit card company's going to call her something for suspicious activity i thought this is where it was going so well, it's, well, it's quite. It's you, you've nailed it, Ross. Because that was again, in terms of editing, they took it to some test screenings, and people were like, "This guy's just a freeloader," you know. Uh, John Candy's just a freeloader, and so they added that um, the credit, the mix, cre- mixed up credit card thing, back in. They added that back in because that wasn't in the in the the test screening cut. So you've 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 really picked up on the fact that that feels a bit weird. It feels like, hmm, there's a missing mm. piece here. Because of this credit card mix-up, which they they kind of explain and, and use as a thing of like, well, but it's again, it's a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right, Ross. I think there is there is some poor editing in this. There is like a, a very different cut of this movie somewhere, and that could maybe contribute to the fact that if you're not enjoying it like Dave is, and and certainly like I was, then you end yeah. up just feeling like a bit like, especially in the middle where. Yeah, you're tapping you're, you're tapping your wrist because what are we doing? What are we doing? And there's another scene of like, oh, Steve, John Candy does something uh, well-meaning but stupid and Steve Martin's upset about it. Oh, here we go again. You know, it's which is pretty much the movie, but I do get it if you're not enjoying that. Like, it's yeah. that's, that's the brilliance of the movie. And again, Ross, you will have your flaw. The brilliance of the movie is the fact that it is... A, it's a platform for Steve Martin, who's a good comedian. He plays a great shit heel, like in this movie, and John Candy, who plays a great doofus, to kind of do the odd couple thing and to be funny. The scene in the hotel room where John Candy's used all the towels. The scene where Steve Martin mm-hmm. washes his face with his dirty sock water, then wipes it with his underwear. Like, if it gets you, it's hilarious. If it doesn't, I suppose you're like next scene, next scene, next scene. But well, like, it, it, see, this is the thing, Dave. It's not that, and that actually, that part did actually make me smile. It's not that their performance wasn't good. High bar. It actually made me move my face. <laughs> in what? Maybe I, I, I cracked smile. my cheek. 
That's the thing. It's not that I didn't think the performances were good. It's just that, like Sam hit the nail on the head, I think, for me, it's just that the, the editing and the story felt dragging along. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see what you mean. Um, but it's, <clears throat> for me, anyway, it's certainly that like showcase of, like, here's these great two great comedic talents who are both guilty of doing some pretty shit, shit movies, we should say. I wouldn't consider this one, but obviously, like, you know, your opinion, your opinion is totally valid on that, Ross. Um, like, and so just watching them kind of do their fun thing is is fun. The bit with the car, I think, is kind of like the the absolute height of the movie for me. Um, everything kind of before and after, I can, you know, you may be right to accuse that of being so a what, bit fillery. Well, what do we have? So we've we've got the the obviously the plane and the, and the you know that gets diverted somewhere else because of a storm. Some I do like the funny you know bits of him taking his shoes off and like doing all these things which are a bit they're a bit antisocial but again like he's not he's not being horrible yeah, about in it in the context of here's what's uh, interesting mm. right in the context of when you learn at the end of the movie that John Candy doesn't ha- is homeless so you're like oh well so actually he's just had a really good clean in this motel because he's been probably hasn't washed for weeks. Yeah, you know, he lives like a. Or he takes a... his shoes off because, like, he's always at home because he has no home. Yeah. So, so the, the 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 in terms of the interactions, though, in terms of the the, the comedy scenes, we get so we, get we the, have the the plane. We get the the, the they have to share um, the room, which is which again, and then they get all the cash stolen, which is another like a bit of adversity. And so, in terms of the screenwriting, I think there's a lot of fun things that they manage to pack in to this. Mm-hmm. So, losing the money means they can't get this stuff done they haven't got the you know, the credit cards so all of that is like necessary so that they can create more problems for them to for them to solve um they have to then get the i think it's a train next isn't it which 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 breaks Break down, down. <laughs> and uh and, and neil you know steve martin's character finally is like okay i'm gonna help this guy carry his massive trunk why has he got this huge trunk that's because it's his entire life in there uh, and so has to kind of do that, and then they have lunch, and the the the, the scene, the little montage of John Candy selling these <laughs> these these curtain hook. He's a curtain hook salesman. That is one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my life. It's so funny, but he's selling them as earrings, <laughs> and like I just, I mean that. And I, by the way, these the, these are filled with helium, sell. so they're lighter. Yeah. They Just. couldn't even shell, by the way, shell out for anything other than these like fairly uniform plastic um, shower curtain <laughs> rings. Like, it makes you couldn't so even much get funnier. like a. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, there's a blue one and a red one. It's all, they're all the same. And it's. Oh, they make you look older, like, oh, 18, 19. Yeah. See, again, for me, this was. I thought this was going to be a thing where we'd get some payoff for this because I thought where this was going then is at the end of the movie, you know, obviously. We're, at this point, out, you know, I could sort of see what's coming, and I thought at the end of the movie we're going to see it's going to be revealed what John Candy's tragic, you know, story with his wife is, and basically Steve Martin's in the air of his ways. But st- I thought what we were going to get as well is that Steve Martin sees how good John Candy is, you know, at, at selling, and so he gets him a job at his firm, and he helps him like convince bosses about you know which lipstick you know advertisement thing to go for. Well, if if I'm buying for my wife, I want to do this and that and the other. I thought we were going to get more payoff of John Candy's abilities, you know? 
No, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just funny earrings. It's just, it's just like a. Sh- he's in a shower curtain. Just, again. It's just funnier if he's a transient homeless. It is. <laughs> as far as the movie's concerned, it's kind of like it's a movement to get us to the next, next, next comedy set piece, which is the crescendo of the film, which is when they rent the car. So you've got mm-hmm. the scene where Steve Martin has his Karen outburst, like you said. Uh, which I think is really funny. I always Steve Martin seems to do this in at least once in any movie he's in. He'll have a complete fucking shit fit. A shouty <laughs> mistreat sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do, um, what do you think of Steve a, Martin generally? Like, I I think he's one of those comedy actors that, it, it, I, that I don't I don't come across. Like, I bet he's a total cunt in person. <laughs> oh yeah, um, of course. I, I really enjoy him in films. Of course. You know but, the opposite to John Candy, where I bet John Candy was a really <laughs> lovely guy. I bet Steve Martin. Is a shit. What is a shit? Yeah, he, and especially because yep. he's like a bit older now as well. I mean, he's if you look at his filmography, um, he maybe it's it's like stuff a lot earlier that I, you I, I might not have seen. You know that that you'd say really define him. It's like he's, he's a real like early eighties <coughs> kind of actor, isn't he? That's the stuff. And obviously, um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Father of the Bride is a big one. Father of like the Bride the was the first they're one. They're the ones yeah. we'll have seen a lot. Yeah, yeah, but but maybe not like classic <clears throat> movies. Whereas if you go back to his earlier stuff, um, and and this probably counts as as, as well. He's, as he's in like a there. noir PI movie, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. But it, um, I'm yeah. interested. It was awesome. Like it was it was black and white and everything, and it, like and it was really young when I saw it. All I can think is Sergeant Bilko, which is a dreadful movie. Sergeant. Uh, well, the big one, the big one for me is Three Amigos with uh, Chevy Chase and yeah. yes, Martin Short, uh, and that's like that's <laughs> talk about arseholes on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but but when you do when when you do come across when I come do come across him in films, I'm always like, it's always just fun. And it, and again, he because he because he is probably is a bit of a dickhead in real life. We get to see him acting like that, and this scene, this yeah. this this fucking scene, the, the, and I'm not just using that for effect. The scene where he says "fucking lots." I mean, I don't particularly, you know, this, this just got me. I'm not a big laughing, movie, <laughs> but this, I was actually almost in tears laughing. It was just so funny because it's <clears throat> because I don't know why. I think it's just because he says "fucking lots." I don't think you have to overthink it necessarily. It's like, because she's earning minimum wage and he earns like a fantastic <laughs> no, salary, <laughs> and he goes through her for a fucking shortcut. Is that like it comes out of nowhere? Yes. In that you, we know, we know that this is not how like you know how you achieve things. It's not how you treat people. It's not how you do things, and he knows that. But like he just fucking loses it, and it's the transition from like he's had enough, and so he just snaps, and it kind of like comes out of nowhere, and he says it, and then he's like <laughs> punished for it essentially, where she's like, you know, what have you done with this thing? And especially where he goes outside, and the guy tries to pick him up by his balls after he punches him in the face. No, yes. that that the high voice got in the me. car that. did that not make you laugh? <laughs> It, 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 it did. It took me a minute because when, when you don't, John yeah, Candy, he really tried to pick when, me up there. You, it, when it, John it, Candy said you'll have to lift your, your penis to tie your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's funny. Okay, here you are. Yeah. This um 
it's the, the, that 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 joke is good though. It's good on a level, but because you don't see him initially, you see it, you hear it from outside the car. And I was like, I didn't really notice it until it it, it showed him inside the car, and I was like, oh my, that's just brilliant. But I guess, it, but it's the reintroduction of um of 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 John Candy's character, isn't it? Because he just so happens to come across him in his own rent rented car, and this is probably the biggest like. You know the, the final, the automobile part of of the movie is this car and how they managed to basically destroy it, uh, and and this is what gets them the rest of the way, doesn't it? Back to Chicago. What I do like Some before before they destroy it, what I, what I I have to say, like you know, you know, credit or credit to you, what made me chuckle as well was you know that bit where essentially they, they get to a little bit of an argument again. They're telling each other what they hate about each one another. And you know, Steve Martin says, "Okay, go on, tell me what you know. What 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 annoys you about me?" And he says, uh, "You play with your nuts too much." <laughs> what? Yeah, you play with your balls too much. And then the argument's over, and he's like, "You, you know what would make me happy? Uh, you know, an, an extra pair and another hand." <laughs> it got me. It got me. Like like that. Like I said, there is some great bits in this. There are some fantastic. Most of them are in this car scene, which is the core of the movie. So you've got the... I love the John Candy. Like it, You just get five minutes of just John Candy like talking yes, on the wheel, yes. singing, he's dancing, he's smoking. He's Playing like, the piano on the dashboard. Veer, exactly, veering all over the road. And this is where John Candy lives, is he's just improvising and being hilarious, right? And then I always love how far this movie goes. Like, the lengths they go to to explain how these two trucks hit this car and then it sets on fire so this cigarette goes into the back 10 minutes before the car sets on fire uh, you have the he's not paying attention he swerves and then the really funny steve martin and john candy looking over at this other car and be like what the fuck's this toss the one and they're like you're going the wrong way yeah. and he's like <laughs> he doesn't know where we're going how do they how do they know where we're going and it's there like <laughs> total like it's not realistic it's not realistic because you'd be like oh i'm on the wrong side of the motorway obviously but like it's that total like what a fucking asshole what's what's his problem <laughs> like, you see, like you're going to die and that and that that unreal that unrealism of this and how how it ends up being like just it's just the silliness of it and that's the other thing that i appreciate about this movie is that it's silly yeah it's it, it, yeah. It, it's not you know as much as i get your complaint <coughs> ross it's also not really interested in that it's not interested particularly in like providing this long arc that we're going to pay off later on, all this stuff. It's just also just having fun and the jokes coming thick and fast. And then when they do come, they're kind of ridiculous. And the other one is when they when they they crash the car and they're both held onto the dashboard. And if you look closely, you can see the finger holes that they've dented, impressed exactly impressed yeah. into the dashboard. And like there's stuff like that where you think, you know, somebody had to. Uh, think of mold that and then design the 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 the, the dashboard to, to be soft with clay or whatever however they did it and then like there's a lot of work there's a lot of work that goes into something like that and i and i think just the technicality of it i think is really impressive because it adds a lot it adds a lot of the little details you know i i actually agree there and for, for the length of time you actually get to see it you know to, to appreciate it it's minimal because like like right after they you know they puddle or manage to yeah, pry their fingers out of the dash you actually see excuse me <clears throat> where John Candy's been holding onto the steering wheel and the, the top of the steering wheel is bent forward 
but you only <laughs> see that for a half a second and then it's on to the next scene so I actually have massive respect for that where they don't like really hit you over the head with it it's like if you miss it tough you know moving on we're on to the next yeah. thing now and it's nice it's, it's the late 80s as well so no one's you know, maybe quite watching this on VHS yet. We are, we're, we're, you know, maybe if you were dead rich, you might have that. So this is a real thing for the we cinema sh- principally where you just go, well, I didn't notice that and I'm not going to go watch we, it again. So we we yeah. should do like one of those YouTube videos, like 10 things you didn't know about planes, trains, and automobiles. We'll have like the I'm, thumbnail. I'm sure of like there Sam are 10,000 of those already. Really? <laughs> yeah, with the faces. I know. Like, comment, subscribe. You know how I said at the beginning of the podcast that no one's had an original thought for 30 years? Yeah, well, that's, this is why. <laughs> Welcome nah. to our podcast. No original thoughts whatsoever. <laughs> but, he, but see, here's the thing: no one's gonna watch it. Hey, eh? <laughs> hey, eh? that's where is. we get them. That's <laughs> the hook. The uh... um, so the car prop, the car set, the car prop is great when it sets on fire, uh, and you have Steve Martin realize and they have the conversation, and he says. Well, <laughs> I paid for it on <laughs> your credit card. And you have, again, like Steve Martin's like, what the fuck is my life? <laughs> um, his wallet's in the car. Everything's destroyed. They have no money, no credit cards. So they have to drive this car. I always get a chuckle out of this. Because like, you don't see them get back in the car. You just see the car still smoking. And they're sticking to everything. John and Candy like, with his... <laughs> I mean, he's got the moustache. He's got this hat on tied up under his chin and these mittens you know and it just he just looks he just looks hilarious and the, the police officer comes up and he's cheerily to the police officer you know like uh, and you know and uh, none of the gates you, you, work you've got you've got me there officer yep. yeah the radio the radio still works so still got a great signal on the radio it's uh, it's fantastic you know and <laughs> the police officer's like do you think that this car is in a yeah, roadworthy a safe, state. Yeah, yeah, a roadworthy state to, to, oh, to be oh, on the yes, Kansas. Yes, Kansas absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely, sir. It it is it is just charming and funny and 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 again it adds to the. I feel like we're winning you around here, Ross, a little bit to be honest, because I think it adds to the just the overall like just sense of of lightness that this movie was because it is ninety minutes and let's not let's not forget the importance of a movie that is under two hours, an hour and a half is our beautiful it's a sweet, sweet spot, spot. absolutely of, absolutely yeah like <clears throat> what the fuck are you gonna complain about ross we could watch four hour movie like you made us did one time well i'm fairly sure i'm fairly sure that next week we're watching a depressing movie uh about some kind of apocalypse um so oh, i'm yeah, sure that's, that's gonna pick. be about yeah, 14 we'll hours long yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll <laughs> get to that next week i'll shut my but mouth like, this is why <laughs> ross you'll turn to me next week and be like can we do more movies like planes trains and automobiles which is 90 minutes and i laughed once or twice you guys than this fucking uh, children of men movie which is 14 hours long you, it's not 14 hours long you are you guys are gonna love children of men i guarantee it guarantee it we'll come back to that next week um <clears throat> and i suppose here now as we as we you know progress to the end of the movie it's kind of it's kind of where and again to be fair to you Ross I do think they 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 pull this a little bit out of nowhere but you can see it coming can't you as well to be honest but it's that John Candy actually has nowhere to go so when he says goodbye to him and and I think they do a nice job of building that friendship a little bit towards the end of the film you know they're kind of joking yep. and and they're quite they get quite close in terms of they've been through a lot together <clears throat> and so when he says he puts him on the train and you know a little bit of a hug and he sees him he sees him off and 
and you know god damn it breaks your heart breaks your heart seeing john canley just kind of like okay well now what you know he has nowhere to go mm. he has nothing to do he's he is very alone and uh you're just kind of like willing steve martin to turn that train around i'm not sure quite how he does that because he leaves on the same <laughs> platform that he did he go all the way around i don't know but anyway I think he's still there after the chicago transit authority chicago, yeah. Yeah. to be honest he comes back and he says come on come back with me and you know get a warm i mean it's a pretty dick move to be fair like not inviting this guy for dinner anyway like oh we've been sleeping rough for a week now do you want to like i don't know stay at mine or something like you know shower you know dinner you smelly cunt yeah yeah, yeah maybe maybe get maybe get those feet of yours maybe maybe get you some new socks or yeah have you got trench foot because i think you've got trench foot like i think that's what's going on but do we do, do we not think that that's a nice it's a nice turn for steve martin's character who has been a total it's asshole all the way through definitely 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 but hang on dave sorry it, it definitely is sad but i just don't think it's earned enough and if it and I get what you're saying. Like in this story, you know, that's not what they're setting out to do. No, they're not telling. You know, they're not telling the, the greatest story ever told. They're giving us some comedy. But if if you <laughs> want not. that, li- <laughs> if you want that little payoff at the end and at the beginning, whatever, then you got to put a little more into it. You know, if you, if you want to tell the story, oh, he actually has a sad backstory, then you need to put a little bit more effort into it and not just do the bare minimum. Oh, by the way, his wife's dead. It's a pretty pretty sad story, actually. We don't have time to tell you, but trust us, tearjerker. Anyway, here's some more antics that the guys can get up to. What? 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 Unreasonable. I think, Russ. um, Like Sam said, the three-hour, forty-five-minute cut of this uh, in in the vault somewhere. You'll laugh. You'll cry. (laughs) I think that they may basically like. You want to stand up a lot, like. They tested it, and I think that obviously they removed the more serious elements of the wife thinking he's having an affair, and like the you know the, mm. the more questionable Which, ethical issues. Yeah, hold on, Sam. Um, good they removed call. Good all call. that, and good like, call. and I think a lot of a lot of stuff is lost in the edit, um, and I think maybe there were more scenes <laughs> where, you know, we maybe get a little bit more of a light shone on that John Candy's wife is dead or that he doesn't really have a home. Maybe you have Steve Martin talking about like holiday traditions and he's Dell is like oddly quiet or and I think a lot was lost in the edit for that because they chose to keep in the more funny Pratt Foley like car on fire scenes and the Yeah. I think I think for you know, me though you know what I, could, I mean Oh abs- no absolutely definitely I, I completely see what you're saying. I, th- I think for me what 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 would have saved that ending a little bit is just you know Showing maybe like ninety to one hundred and fifty seconds of showing Steve Martin helping John Candy get it, get his, you know, some semblance of normal, not normalcy back back into his life. You know, helping him get a job and stuff. Like I mentioned that stuff about the marketing agency, just so you know that he's gonna be okay. Because like you know, if you think about it, the way it is well, now, he hang on, Ross, I don't really tie having <clears> a job point, to point. happiness. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, like you know, if you think about the way it is now, yeah, he comes home, has a meal, yeah, oh, what a lovely meal, right? Uh, stays the night, maybe, right? I've got to get going. Go where? No, no, I, I, I like the idea of Steve Martin going. Well, uh, it's been great to see you. you. Have to go home, Ooh. but you can't stay here. I mean, it's oh, it's quarter past six in the evening. Whew, I'm pooped. 
Well, good time to have by all. Like, you know. and, and John Candy going like, oh, yeah, and it's snowing outside. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but I've shoveled the driveway. Yeah, you've got to be careful with your trunk. I mean, at least you could drag it along the ice. I mean, just that's good, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. I've got a dolly if you want. I will <laughs> say. Please, well, you could send it back that, afterwards. That idea. I think it would give you better closure for the movie. But I think mm. that it would also... Like, if they had done that, we would be having a conversation about why the ending goes on for entirely too long and why it couldn't be snappier. And I do think that as part of, like, this movie, they just decided, right, well, we need to get out of the movie because everyone wants to go home because it's been 91 and a half minutes. (laughs) So, Um, freeze frame! (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is not the most... So we kind of, like, have to have this nice ending. I think it's fine enough. Um, it's certainly not my favourite bit of the movie, but and you will find it's the bit you'll remember, and I, I, that happens a lot with movies generally. But like you'll remember it as being more heartwarming than it actually is, because yeah. most of this movie is about setting fire to cars and farting in each other's faces because it's, you're in, in each other's space. I, you know, I argue if you can take some time for a Thanksgiving cooking montage. You can put in a couple of seconds of Sean John Candy is going to be okay. <laughs> he showed us like thirty seconds of basting a fucking turkey. <laughs> there is that. There is that. To be fair, well, you are the 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 freeze frame though. And ending on this, I think it's the George Lucas school of um, end your film with clapping. Everyone, everyone gets will, a medal. Everyone will feel happy and like that's probably the it's probably the the same thing. I think you're right, Ross. So let's maybe give a little bit of closure to to this character so that we don't just think he's back to the the homeless. The homeless I don't know life, if I need to watch John Candy mm. living in a single men's shelter and working as a greeter at Walmart. No, I just no, don't think you know, you know, that. my solution to this. My solution to this is the because we there there is a post credits thing here where the the executive at the start, the boss at the start, still still trying to decide on which advertising campaign to go to go yeah. for with a a, a plate of turkey dinner on his desk have i just think have just john candy in the office just doing something even if it's just like wheeling around mail or something trying you know. to sell shower, trying to sell shower curtain <laughs> yes just something just something to say oh he's doing all right you know he's he's got his no, this, shower curtain. this this ring is based on an ancient mayan design yes yeah <laughs> shower curtain salesman uh, rings. It's not. It's not even a shower yeah, curtain. Not even a shower curtain. <laughs> it's not even the curtain. You know those things that come free with shower curtains when you buy them. That yeah, you throw so away because you're like, well, I've got them already. I'll just connect it to that one. The one I've got. It's fine. What a great oh, joke. What a great joke. Good lord. Um, uh, I, I do think though that this, you know, this film is like, as much as it's a comedy, there's a lot of there's a lot of real life in this as well for me, and that's maybe where I like is that. You know, you kind of you kind of been in situations like this where you either you're on a you know you're on public transport or you're chatting to someone in the street who kind of like maybe won't get the hint that it's time to end the conversation. You know, you go well, you know, and they just oh well, so what are you doing now? And you're like, but okay, I'm just I'm trying to leave. like, but you know, it's actually there's a there's a niceness to those type of people. There's a niceness to people who are open, who are friendly, who want to be, you know. To have these nice but at the but, same time they can get the fuck away from me and like yeah you are absolutely right sam <laughs> but that's the film isn't it that's the film it's also saying well yeah. steve martin wants and, to go but home that is that's comedy comedy is derived from real life like I said, the bit where they're sharing the bed i can absolutely like if you ever shared a bed with somebody I when did, you're traveling i did think of like, like times where we've had to share a bed dave <laughs> 
Yeah, because it's not anyone's fault. It's just fucking horrible. Or like when your plane's been, de- you know, your plane's been delayed or cancelled, or a bus or a train, and you're just in the station for hours and hours and hours and hours, and there are people and they all smell and they're all they're all ignorant. They play music. God, I'm glad phones, I'm and you're like older and have a car now and I never have to subject exactly, myself to Exactly, but do you know what I mean. There's a lot of like true commentary Martin. here where people <laughs> you are really are where the, you really where are. the guy where the guy steals the cab and he's just gone. And like, and at least nowadays, by the way, this film would be, you know, 90 seconds long because Steve Martin would ring his wife, he'd wire him some money and he'd just stay in a hotel and, and he would he would Skype them for dinner. Yeah, it would be fine. Problem solved. It, it would be fine. The, 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 just as another criticism to the end of this film, the wife thing doesn't, pay, doesn't work at all. Like this teary, she has fucking tears. It's been like three days. No, he's not even been through. It's still. It's, is he's, it even? He's like, called you on two of those. Yeah, like just calm down. It's okay. Like she has tea, and that's because obviously there's this cut plot where they're not. The, the affair isn't with uh, a woman. It's with John Candy, and it's like, well, I'm fine. I'm not worried about that. That's okay. So it, all of that is just like, what are we even doing here? And then you know, I kind of wanted like John Candy and Steve Martin to. To kiss, and that would be the end of the film, and that seems a much more logical. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I wanted that. Sam. Um, <laughs> no, but it makes it makes more sense in terms of like here's a cat. Here's like, a cat. Does I care about? Wrong with that. But I did like. <laughs> I liked the conclusion of Steve Martin calling him his friend because obviously, like, that means a lot. Not a lot to Steve Martin because he's a shit heel, but it meant a lot to John Candy's Dale character. He's like. Yeah. You know, just just maybe feels like in a world filled with people like Steve Martin, for once, feels like he's not just this like fat, smelly guy in an airport. He's like an actual human being, and that is where the heartwarming nature of this movie comes from. Is that one scene where Steve Martin recognizes that this guy is a human being? You say it so eloquently. He's not just a smart, smelly guy in an airport. Well, it's most of us, friend. most of the time, are basically fat, smelly guys in airports. Even when we're not in airports, you know? Or smelly, or even fat. Like, most of us fall into that fucking category as just some fucking flat who's somewhere, you know? Amazing. You've really summed up this movie for me. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. You got it yeah, right. well, I'm expecting, I'm expecting my phone call from Empire Magazine to start being one of their main <laughs> film reviewers any day now. Oh, oh dear. That's any day good. now in 1988. Like print media still a thing. Yeah, like magazine. What the fuck? What's a magazine? I don't know. Yeah. They've, they've got a website, presumably. <sighs> you can tell. Um, I don't really like movies or anything, so never never really read that <laughs> yeah, there's no evidence of humor <laughs> 170 episodes 150 of episodes of a podcast or anything um <laughs> but but there you know good film and and that's and that's where you go away with is like this is a well-made movie if nothing else well made it's fun it's light and i and you know ross i think we've won you round here i think we've warmed you up a little bit we've got you we've greased you up i'll even say <laughs> to 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 throw you down this bowling alley straight into the pins straight i just wish he stopped well, playing with the, those balls. those those analogies that that analogy took a left turn it i is. did not see it is keep not up. going that way keep up i put a helmet on. we really need to keep a tight leash on these analogies sam because they do just run away with god you. i hope you mean helmet and not and a euphemism for a helmet <laughs> there we go so uh anyway good. we've all got to go and get into the same bed and in a motel <laughs> um 
four I gotta question mark reasons. I gotta take my socks off. Oh, God, please don't do that. I can't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable unless I've taken my shoes off. And, mm. I, and I can confirm that Dave makes the exact same noises um, when sleeping that John Candy does in this movie. Uh, that is definitely the case. The thing and is, definitely. though, Dave you makes those noises up. awake, like, like not even trying to yeah. sleep, just, just and, passively and sitting beside him. And you will wake what, what is up wrong with, with you? Ross what you, what? cuddling you in an intimate manner. Oh, if I'm, I'm lucky. just an affectionate guy. I'm just an affectionate guy. And I get that, Ross, but sometimes you wake up and you're like, what's that stubble on my shoulder? What's that about? <laughs> I'm just Ross, snuggling in. <laughs>